Backyard Brawl gave everything and more when it came to college football playoffs. We're going to talk about Pitt and West Virginia matchup, the Friday matchups we have going in, especially the rest of the weekend games and top players who are going to win you big money when it comes to ACC play. But more than that, guys, the ACC is undefeated right now. Can we keep the streak up for our non-conference games? Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody welcome to today's edition of locked on acc i'm your host candace cooper joined by jersey drake of locked on seminoles podcast thanks for making us your first listen each and every day because we are your local experts who are here to give you everything you need your team every day all the good things but more than that we're here to talk about some acc talk because we are undefeated as it stands as a conference so we're going to hold that right the pride because you know all the free alignment and summer talk about us not being a very viable conference well poo poo on that we're good we're doing the damn thing and we're going to try and keep that rolling throughout labor day weekend jersey drake joins us on this freestyle friday what is good my friend it is great over here it's labor day as you can tell by my video i finally have it on here and also i need it's a much long needed weekend but it's more important that week one is here we have a large slate of games to choose from because we are here to make some damn money Absolutely. And we all know that the backyard brawl made a lot of people money last night, though. If you did go with the under, sorry for you. However, Pitt and West Virginia did not disappoint. I kind of forgot how intense rivalry games are. And so I was like, oh, yeah, Pitt's going to blow them away. And then as the game was progressing, I was like, hey, Pitt, like, I want to stand true to what I'm saying here. Let's go ahead and like do the damn thing. What are we doing? What do we got going on? You're stressing me out. And I want to go to bed, but it wasn't happening. It was a very, very good game. What did you think about it? Oh, it was awesome. As a better, it wasn't that great because I did have my seven and a half. So losing Ooh. by that kind of did bite me in the ass at the end. But overall, as a fan, it's really nice to see some great, you know, a rivalry dude about 10, I think it was what, 11 years ago was the last backyard brawl. It delivered on every aspect. JT Dance was Keen Slovis, former USC quarterbacks. And then we saw how damn good that Rodney Hammond can basically be a one-man show and actually help out the entire pit offense. So maybe it was some growing pains for Pitt. King Slovis didn't have his best game, but moving forward, I can only see them improving. So Pitt might be a sneaky, decent team I see in the Coastal. Yeah, I think if anything, that game let me know that anybody is up for the Coastal. Like, there's no set team, just despite the fact that they're the defending Coastal champions and ACC champions, they're vulnerable. Kenny Pickett is not there. Jordan Addison is not there to catch the balls that were pretty much catchable, if you ask me, and some fingertips that got taken away during that game. But I don't know about Keaton. I, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling convinced. He did not give me like, all right, this quarterback's coming in. Like the way Drake May gave me, all right, he's the quarterback, good. He'll find find his group, blah, blah, blah. He didn't, didn't give me that. Just from age, experience, and like I'm thinking, okay, you should have it by now. I, I don't know. What was your thoughts on Keaton's play? I mean, listen, when you start off campaign to be QB1 at, at Pitt, and the first thing, one well, of the first thing you do is say, you know, F you West Virginia, and then you follow it up with the performance that he had. Like, look, it wasn't great. Um, he was efficient passing the ball, but there's also some moments where, like, Keaton, what are you doing? Now I see why basically Jackson Dart was the one that kind of, like, when you're fully healthy, Jackson Dart kept playing. But to me, I'm in a camp where I need to see probably, like, two more games from him, but I can definitely see where basically 
Right now, he seems like an average ACC quarterback. Or for our conference, it's weird the conference quarterbacks, a below average ACC quarterback. Okay. But he can definitely prove him forward. But yeah, I can be, I'm not surprised that a lot of people, including yourself, aren't very high on him. Yeah, I think I was. We are very spoiled around here. We know excellent quarterback play is pretty much the we standard. The standard is the standard, and Keaton did not meet the standard last night. However, as you mentioned, Mr. Hammond certainly gave us something. Abacanada, that's what we're going to go with today. It's Abaconda, something. I'm sorry, I don't like butchering names, but. I will later to how to pronounce it because I feel bad. (laughs) I don't want to butcher his name either. (laughs) I think it's Abinaconda, but. If even even still, he, Hammond, had great games. I think that they should have gone to Bartholomew, their tight end, a little bit more. But it just seemed like the nerves of Keaton trying to force plays, force issues, certainly took over on that game. And thankfully, they had a run game that saved them from, you know, pretty much a disastrous outing from their offense. And defensively, you know, you saw some big injuries with Deslin Alexander getting his wrist hurt. Hopefully it's not broken, but from the way he was holding it going into the locker room, I was a little nervous. He is clearly their best player. Savasia Dennis went down for a bit, but I think he was fine. But that's definitely someone you also cannot afford to lose. But overall, they got the victory. Backyard brawl was everything we wanted and more. It just it got me excited for college football again. It just feels like we're finally back, right? You know, <laughs> You're getting, you're about to get ready for the long weekend. Like right now, I think most of us are heading over to work right now. It's Friday morning, and I'm just like, man, that just was perfect. Now we have to watch. I guess was Virginia Tech and Old Dominion is going to be basically tonight, as well as um, uh, we got Temple and Duke. So we got more ACC football coming at you. And right now, it's just it's week one is here. Football is yeah. here. I- Absolutely. As we talk about these week one matches, specifically this Friday matchup, we've got. Virginia Tech taking on Old Dominion, which should be one of the best games to me, only because people are probably like, oh, Old Dominion, it won't be nothing. I'm like, all right, like Virginia Tech. That's not all- true. <laughs> I'm not saying hold your breath, but don't, you know, don't get too comfortable with the outing. It's going to be at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. The Hokies are going to take on ODU in what should be a really great matchup. It'll be at Old Dominion in Norfolk. I think it'll be a packed out set. So, you know, I'm excited to see Grant Wells and what he does. And as much as we've talked about Keaton, he is a new quarterback getting the nod to be QB1. So can he kind of give us a little taste of what we'll see this season with this matchup? It'll, it'll be closer than people think. Yeah, I mean, one of those things where, folks, one of the big things I tell people whenever it comes to gambling, typically the lines come out either the night, the last night of football games or early, early that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, I was on Old Dominion when the week actually opened up because they were, I think it was they were at plus eight and a half. And so far we're almost a kickoff. The line's moved to plus six at our friends on battleline.net. So to me, this is a game that basically Grant Wells is a brand new QB. I mean, he was, you know, he was decent. He was pretty good at Marshall. But the thing is though, when you see a group of five QBs transfer to the power five level, they don't find many success stories when it comes to that. We might have one with, uh, I think his name is Cam Ward, the Washington State quarterback transferred from Incarnate Ward. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's a game where it's Brent Price first game. There's going to be some growing pains. The Old Dominion has beaten these Virginia teams in the past, too, as well. So to me, at plus six right now, I wouldn't touch it on bound line. But this is a game that basically I would probably primarily be looking towards the under here. Yeah, no doubt. And then they'll have Temple in Duke. They'll be playing at Wallace Wade, my personal favorite stadium, because the traffic is light and, you know, it's always a good time there with that staff. But this is the start of Coach Elko's era as well. So two eras beginning. I think that when you look at Riley Leonard taking the helm, Jordan Moore being a gadget player for them. And defensively, you got Dwayne Carter, you got Jalen Stinson, you've got Shaka Hayward. 
it's nowhere to go but up for Duke. But this, out of the first four matchups that Duke has, is probably the most pressing at 7.30 on ACC Network where you got to be tuned in because the Temple Owls, while they're not a great team, you know, Duke sometimes cannot be a great either. So it's pretty much like who wants to be better of the worst, I guess. You know, maybe. That's basically what it is. Like, it's basically, I think I think primarily here, it's when you're taking this, you need to look to see whether or not you want to take the lesser of two evils, right? Yep. I mean, and I hate to say that about Duke, but Duke, you know, get a lot of these are on the football field last year, and they also yeah. lost Ao Durant, and they also lost their leading receiver with Bobo, and they're bringing a new quarterback and a new system and a new co- head coach overall. Yeah. But I do Mike Elko is going to have these boys ready, um, but primarily I'm not touching either side because both these teams. Temple's really bad. I'm just going to say it out there right now. But this is a game where like I don't feel comfortable having either of these teams covering almost ten points. Is out of line right now is minus nine and plus nine for each side respectively. Yeah. So here. For- under 51, I think there's going to be a, it's going to be a very low scoring affair on AC Network. Listen, all right, there you have it. We are going to touch on some of the Saturday and Sunday Monday matchups. I know that Jersey Drake has a lot to say about that Florida State LSU, especially what happened on the show this week. But we'll give that break for one second. Are you one of the people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Well, wrong. The truth is your reaction times will slow way down when you are high. You not only put yourself in a dangerous position, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzz kill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form or any substance, really, you don't need to get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you will drive different. Drive high and you will get a DUI. So as we're going through this football season, make sure that you stay safe and smart out there. We're trying to make sure that everyone gets to the game and gets home safely as possible. We're rocking and rolling with Jersey Drake of Locked on Seminoles podcast, and we are talking through some of the best matchups going into Labor Day weekend, all of them really. We have touched on some great ones. We talked about the backyard brawl. We talked about Friday today and what will happen between our two ACC teams. As we all know, sorry we didn't mention Thursday, Wake Forest took care of business with VMI. It wasn't really anything worth to touch on because Mitch Griffiths did his thing. I think that, you know, if anyone was worried about Wake Forest and how they would play against this team, kidding yourselves. But it helped us to create our undefeated uh, stance right now as the season openers stand. We are 4-0 between North Carolina, between Wake Forest, Pitt, and who am I missing? Florida State. Yes, there it is. How could I forget about Florida State? We are 4-0 when it comes to season openers. We're hoping to get two more today. And then Saturday is the full slate where things could get crazy and the only conference teams playing to each other will be Louisville and Syracuse. But when you look at this Saturday slate, top games here for me, NC State, ECU, North Carolina, App State, Boston College, Rutgers, Virginia, Richmond, Miami, Bethune, Cookman, and Louisville, Syracuse. Where do you want to start? You can throw anything out there. Let's North Carolina. Okay. North Carolina, App State. A lot of people, I was on a radio hit in New Orleans actually yesterday, and someone was asking me really about this game from a betting standpoint, if App is going to come in, well, if Carolina's going to come in, but App State is going to get that upset. No. And honestly, in my personal opinion, I think this is a case where basically the public right now is heavily favored. They're, I think, putting a lot more weight into a bear. Like, it was a very bad performance by y'all's defense. I'll give you that. Sure. Don't put me, y'all. I ain't play no defense. I touch it down. Don't I'm be in there. Don't claim me so I'm ready to be claimed. Don't claim me so I'm ready to be claimed. I'm not ready hey, to listen, be claimed like, right now. You and Ken had to talk about, you know, <laughs> you being third iron. And listen, I was going to put y'all in for anything else. But no, with, with more. <laughs> The defense didn't look good, but the offense with Drake May, you saw what the potential is back there. 
So I think this is primarily where the public were. North Carolina Open, I think, is a one-and-a-half point um, actually favorite. Currently on bound line, they're a one-and-a-half point dog with a money line of plus 105. So actually, they're technically a lot, they're a betting underdog as we speak. To me, this is an overcorrection by the public. To me, this is basically kind of one of those trap games, a buyer beware game. To me, I see North Carolina win this game because they have the better players, more talent. And isn't Chase Bryce the QB Appalachian State? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'm not taking Chase. That's that's terrible. That's yeah, I'm not. We you talk so much junk about Chase on this show. I'm sorry, Chase. We didn't mean it, but we did. No, I'm, not, um, I'm not trusting you to cover cover one uh to upset at one and a half and also be North Carolina. So give me North Carolina nah. plus Drake makes on leading offense here. All you need to them now with the line the way it is is to win the game, and they should probably they should beat up an Appalachian State team, which I know they have the history with Michigan. I know they've beaten other teams. They almost beat Miami last year. Keywords almost. Now they're now they're actually favorites in this game. I'm not going with almost. I'm going with the straight thing here. Yeah, the way that the backyard brawl they were on the broadcast last night that they ran out of beer at Pitt West Virginia game, they definitely are going to run out of beer in this North Carolina App State game because oh, yeah. they haven't <laughs> played. They haven't played in Boone, North Carolina. The Tar Heels have not played in Boone in a hundred years. So you know these people have been waiting. Their grandpapas and grandmamas have been waiting for this opportunity. So it's going to be a great game. I'm hoping that the Heels defensively can pull it off. Another great game here. North Carolina State and ECU, 12 p.m. on ESPN. I think it'll be a great noon matchup in Greenville, North Carolina. So some other neighborhoods getting down. And, of course, NC State's going to take care, take care of business. I'm not worried. But are there any players that you hope to see kind of stand out in the way we maybe didn't see last night with Keaton Slovis and team? I want Devin Leary to show Keaton Slovis how to be a proper AC quarterback. I think, I think this game where, like, I know – I think Kenton kind of put it perfectly, and I was kind of my same stance. This is going to be a close game to start off. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that the talent and the, the coaching experience and also probably how they've been together for so long with this core unit is going to set them apart from ECU. And I know it's a friendly pick if people are, you know, oh, they're playing East Carolina. Quite frankly, I don't, like certain teams, I think it doesn't matter to me. It's like maybe the Swamp could be somewhere like where it kind of turns the tide a little bit as well, maybe also in Tuscaloosa or Tiger Stadium. But to me – the, tr- the true talented team here is actually NC State with Devin Larry, and then also you look at the defensive side of the ball with Corey Dern leading that defensive line, Cyrus Vega in the secondary, the linebackers too as well with uh, was it Peyton Wilson as the linebacker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, this is a team that, like, quite frankly, minus eleven, I think is a very, very sneaky good line right here. I would take that, and also I'll take the under fifty-six. But I don't think Eastern Carolina. It's going to be a very quick place game. So. So for comparison's sake, when people talk about ECU and North Carolina State, it's sort of like that cousin who really couldn't get into NC State or chose to go to ECU because of whatever reason. What is that team like for FSU? Is it like Florida International or like FAU? Like what is the like adjacent bootleg cousin on the side? It's UCF, which is kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> probably experienced probably the most success. I'm going to put that in quotes. I know my brother's watching. He's a UCF grad. He didn't win a national championship in 2018. I don't want to hear he didn't play nobody except for Auburn in the Peach Bowl. Um, <laughs> but it's mainly UCF for us because let's mm-hmm. like the main three schools it's Florida and then mm-hmm. Miami is a private school, but still you have a decent amount of you know fan base there from Miami. Mm-hmm. And then you they're recently starting to get good. So to me, probably it's probably UCF. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So for those who are you know trying to gauge what it's like, there you have it. Now we have Boston College 
playing Rutgers, which, you know, might be a good game at noon on ACC Network. Phil Jacoby will finally get his chance to prove how healthy he is in that game. And maybe we'll see some good things out of that Boston College uh, secondary and the defense and how they've improved. They'll play a really good team out the gate, you know, an FBS team that certainly would love to have a good start to their season as well. No, I agree with that. I'm really tempted here to go against A.J. Block and take Rutgers to win this game because of all <laughs> I'm not even glad. Uh, but I actually think Phil Dracovic is a top five quarterback in the conference. The only question yeah. is, is he healthy? The offensive line, though, has five different pieces coming in. And also Christian Mahogany, the all he's going to be all ACC for this team. He's out for the remainder of the season. So you're going to have to really, really, really rely on Jar. Was it Jarwo is, is the running back? Mm-hmm. And then you also have Zay Flowers. Like, to me, this defense has improved, but also it's improved from basically what was mainly a mediocre defense. Yeah. To me, but Boston College is going to win this game. But give me Rutgers plus seven and a half because I think Greg Schiano, when he has the full months, months, and months to prepare for one game, you saw him cover last year against the, I want to say it was an ACC team. I'm taking Boston College. I'm talking, taking Rutgers over plus seven and a half here. Yeah, no doubt. And the two games that we're not really stressed about would be the Virginia and Richmond game and the Miami and Bethune-Cookman game. They'll both be at 12. One will be at 1230. Wait, what now? You sure about that with Miami? Okay, okay, okay. Miami and Bethune-Cookman. Grass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cra- look, crazier things have happened. Florida A&M played really well against North Carolina and Miami. Similar to North Carolina in terms of being a coastal team, who knows how well or bad they're going to be, how well that defense is going to play. I think we haven't seen a lot of positivity per se with the loss of Bubba Bolden and you know that group. I think it's going to be interesting how Miami in this new Mario Cristobal era goes. But you know, I'm excited to see them at least you know present some sort of dominance. That way, we're like, okay, as much as we talked about them winning the coastal, it's very very viable opportunity and chance for them to do so. So I think actually their safeties are better without Bolden actually being there. I'm actually very high oh. when it comes to basically James Williams and Avante Williams. I think they have the second best safety duo actually in the conference nice. behind Jamie Robinson and King Dent. But I also do like Tyreek Stevenson on the outside boundary. My only concern, I think, is the defensive line. I know you have Leonard Leonard Taylor, who was, I think, a second-year player. You also bring Akeem Messendorf from the transfer portal. So this is a very decent defensive line, but we need to see them actually kind of execute. And then, as always, Tyler Van Dyke. We say it on, I say it on here every time I'm on here. I think he's a top three quarterback. He potentially could you know, sneak his way into a first-round pick because he has that potential. Mm-hmm. Who's catching the ball from him? Because all I hear consistently from friends of mine that cover the team down here, from boosters from down here that I know, from my own personal family and friends, they don't have a surefire number one wide receiver as of yet. It could be Xavier Restrepo, but mm-hmm. Xavier Restrepo can only do so much because, listen, he's a smaller guy. You know, you know, big bad things happen, but we just need to see who is throwing the ball, who is Tyler Van throwing the ball to. Listen, go, go, gadget wide receiver number one. That's what he needs to figure out how to do because you know we're absolutely going to need Tyler to get off and have one of these very exciting games. But more importantly than that, I want to get to this Louisville Syracuse game on Saturday that will be exciting to me because this could be the start or the end of Dino Babers. You know career here at Syracuse in Louisville. Malik Cunningham, is he going to go off? He already had Mikel Jones's tweet or comments posted on his locker. You know, he's sitting here saying, oh, he ain't nobody to worry about. Wrong thing to say to Malik Cunningham. Not the guy. Not the guy you basically try and be, oh, he ain't nobody. Just, just no. Just yeah. bad idea guy. <laughs> bad idea, my guy. He, he's not that guy, pal. He's, he's not, not that guy. He's not um, so we do a gambling centric like extra episode in our Locked on Seminole show where basically we 
probably the best plays out for the entire week. We have a segment where we're called Buyer Beware, where it's a game that we know it looks tempting to touch, but you really, really don't want to take it. And Louisville Syracuse was on my card for that, primarily because there's a lot of smoke with the Syracuse defense, how they're going to be very, very much improved. And it's also basically, in my personal opinion, I've said Hockfield Boscoski, I've Satterfield as a head coach in this conference since he's gotten here. Not a big fan, and I think it gets bailed out a lot by how good Malik Cunningham actually is. To me, this is a game that, quite frankly, I will steer clear away from, but this is going to basically be, I would not be surprised, actually, if Syracuse wins this game by probably a last-second field goal or something like that. I would not be surprised because that, to me, would be just encapsulating the ACC as a whole, especially the Atlanta, how competitive it is. Well, not for nothing. Syracuse has been in games, lost games by three or less for the past couple outings. You know, the seasons hasn't gone in their favor, but, you know, they have very much been in matchups till they weren't. Sean Tucker is in that backfield. You can never count him out. I'm just praying praying Garrett Schrader figures out how to throw the ball this season. Like, if he could just throw a little bit, they might be in all right shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they're going to be too far off if you, you know, really boil down to numbers. Just Garrett just got to figure out how to throw accurately. Yeah, he's got to learn how to throw. And, and, and folks, just for, like, this is how kind of why I think it's kind of a smelly kind of line. It's going to be an interesting kind of game. Last year, Syracuse, beat, uh, Syracuse lost to Louisville 41-3. to And this year, the line is four and a half points. So there's some there's math that's not mathing there. So to me, this is something that's like you steer clear from. But like I personally lean towards Louisville. But for some, there's something just in my gut, and I'm not gonna go against my gut when it comes to sort of things. I think Syracuse might be the play here, but Syracuse actually could definitely outright win this game. Well, I mean, Louisville definitely lost DJ Avery. Louisville lost TJ. Wasn't it Ty Harrell? So like they definitely lost yeah. some good key players uh, to their squad. So that's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back. But. Crazier things have happened. I've seen Malik Cunningham put the team literally on his back and go 400 yards against Duke. So, you know, there, there's that. But you mentioned coaching. You mentioned Satterfield not being the guy. It's funny you talk about people not being the guy. Cause, oh, no. Well, on this past week, we had Kitten Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack talk about Mike Norvell not being the guy. And as we look into the Sunday list of games, at 7.30 on ABC, Florida State will take on LSU. And not for nothing, there has just been no hope given to the Seminoles. I was riding. Someone said, you don't have good reasons why. I'm like, what do you What do you mean? Have you not seen their running backs? Have you not seen Jordan Travis make slight improvements? Like, the defense is still – Jamie Robinson is still good. Like, what are y'all talking about? But apparently, because if you go to LSU, you go to SEC team, you already have a notch above. Guys are bigger. They eat different. I don't know. Something crazy. But because you're here. Mr. Lockdown Seminoles yourself, please tell me why or tell me not why Florida State is going to win this game. Well, for one thing, it just means more in the SEC. You know, there's just so much <laughs> everything that we – like, it's just we can't compete with them. No, but Kenton was correct in, you know, part of his assessment when it comes to basically you can't take too much from the Duquesne game because it is Duquesne. We beat them up like we were supposed to. It confirmed some things, but it also did raise some worrying concerns. Mm-hmm. That being said, No. Primarily because people forget that this is a LSU team that gets a new head coach, a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new defense coordinator, a whole entirely new staff that also struggled to make a bowl game last year. And most of the wins that they had last year were against teams that either didn't make a bowl or struggled to make a bowl game. So to me with this game, for one, Mike Novello's covered every single game he's gone against Brian Kelly his past three years here, whether it be last year against Notre Dame or the year before. Two, we actually have basically – we played a very vanilla game plan. I know you talked about it on Monday. We don't want to reveal too many cards. 
there's going to be some. There's going to be a lot of action, high flying, a lot of running, a lot of passing when it comes to Saturday, Sunday night. And three, this is an LSU team where their defensive line is very talented, mm-hmm. but when you look at the raw numbers, they actually perform slightly above average, and then other players across the country. It's simply their names. They're going to be very, very good players because they're super young, and I, I think probably next year they might be a top five elite defensive line in the country. But this is also their first game, and we have a high flying rushing attack where. We have four separate backs, and including Jordan Travis, that can run that damn thing. And quite frankly, this is a game where they're more talented than we are, but it also took them a field goal in overtime last year to be as one Brian Kelly. This is a game to me that we're going to win this game outright. How confident are you in Jordan Travis? How confident am I in Jordan Travis? Mm-hmm. Much more confident, honestly, after seeing not this past game, but basically seeing his development over the summer. Primarily because you know me, my primary concern was his, he didn't do the little things the right way when it came basically came playing the quarterback spot, whether it be footwork, whether it be passing the ball. Me, personally, I'm a big baseball person. I was always helping out with my pitching mechanics. Like you can see whether someone with a thrower or actually a pitcher were diversifying their pitches. But to me, this basically – I actually have a lot more confidence on Travis. The only thing that doesn't give me confidence with him is that at some times you need to slide. Your mm-hmm. baseball – your brother played baseball. I know you know how to baseball slide. Mm-hmm. You don't need to take some of these unnecessary hits from these bigger dudes. Like that's yeah. that's more of the thing that actually kind of worries me. Defensively, who do we need to get excited about for the Seminoles besides Jamie Robinson? Did I lose your ZJ potentially? Hopefully not. I can hear you, but not really. What's up? <laughs> who do I need to be excited about from a defensive side <laughs> for the Florida State Seminoles besides Jamie Are Robinson? Not Jamie Robinson? Not Jamie Robinson. Amarion Cooper. Okay. Amarion Cooper is going to be coming back. No, I'm just kidding. What's up? Oh, cousin, cousin. Might, might be, might be cousin, but no. Uh, AKA Duke Cooper. His first start actually was against Miami last year. My boy had two picks against Tyler Van Dyke. This is mm-hmm. someone that is our cornerback one. He's someone that comes from I want to say the Lehigh Acres area, actually down here in South Florida. He's to me going to be probably one of the next best great things at DBU actually over here. And then you might see someone by a freshman by the name of Azaria Thomas, because that secondary right now is actually is actually fully loaded with extremely large talents. To me, Amarion Cooper's the one to look out for. Akeem, uh, Akeem Den, secondary at that safety spot next to, next to um, Dean Robinson. And lastly, Tatum Bethune, because he probably is the fastest linebacker that we've had in a long time. Love to see it. All right, we're jumping ship to Monday's game, the last game here for our ACC teams, Georgia Tech and Clemson. Atlanta will be popping at 8 p.m. on ESPN as the Tigers are ready to reclaim, go on their revenge tour, you know, all buttoned up and Dabo Sweeney and company are ready to say, listen, you doubted us and we're going to show you why you should never have. And DJU is going to go off and it's going to be fun, but I hate that we had to beat up on our own. But nonetheless, I'm rooting for Clemson for the sake of the, Oh, for the sake of the conference. Now, do I want Georgia Tech to upset? I wouldn't be sad. But for the sake of what we need to do get here, we need to be in the top of the national conversation. Clemson's got to go ahead and do it. They have to. Yeah, because uh, Georgia Tech, I don't think, is going to have a head coach in about a month and a half. Uh, um, <laughs> it's yeah, been a Clemson. while since we've seen people get taken out midseason, but, you know, crazy. I mean, listen, I've got experience with that. So we had Will Will Tiger two years ago, <laughs> and that's a discussion for a different day. Like I heard you mention that with Ken. But um, uh, with Clemson, mm-hmm. the numbers at 23, I'm still going to take that because I don't have any faith in the Georgia Tech defense. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Georgia Tech kind of goes up 7-0. I mm-hmm. think it's this more to see, is DJU that guy? Because if he doesn't, if he still kind of plays not, not, not as bad as did last year, but maybe somewhere in the middle between last year and the year before, 
I 100% have the belief that Dabo will bench him for K Klubnik. Kind of similar to how he did with Kelly Bryant a few years ago. I think for his confidence sake, you absolutely shouldn't bench him unless it's egregious. Like, you just shouldn't do that. I think they need to hold, stand 10 toes, let this man develop. And he's not, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a unicorn. Let's not take that away from him, right? I think so many people just want to, if you're you're not a unicorn, then they're like, oh, you can't be the guy. Like, golly, can you not have some, you know, hurdles that you have to overcome? But my sake, they still won, they still won nine games, like, you know. Clemson's still very much good. I'm hoping that, you know, Kobe Pace can step up. Will Shipley will step up for him. And just that offensive line will be a year older and wiser and figure things out. Because defensively, you know, we're clearly not worried. It's just that offense, can they get to that group? And if they do dominate, it'll shut people up quickly and we'll be good to go. No, I mean, I agree with that. Just primarily, I just don't trust Dabo anymore. (laughs) Brent Venables is gone. Tony Elliott is now gone. Jeff Scott is gone. And I'm not a big fan of the inter- internal hire route when it's kind of a name that basically I haven't heard of before, especially mm-hmm. when Dabo is – Dabo has the ability and also the financial resources to go out and grab these, you know, great elite blue-chip coordinators. Yeah. But those to promote within, which is kind of a little bit more suspect to me. And then after the Ohio State game, I said that basically Dabo – you can see Dabo was calling that game because it was reminiscent when he actually was mainly the play caller back in his early Clemson days. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think this facade of him being a CEO is kind of crumbling mm. for us right now. And like I said before, I don't think Clemson's going to win 10 games. I think they might struggle to win nine. Maybe he's a czar. Maybe he's like, I only want people who are going to listen to me or go by me. And at, at some point, you know, with the Tony Elliott, Brent Venables era, it got to the point where they probably just needed to be their own leaders. So maybe he just likes people who are very much like, I'll hail the king. Who knows? I mean, listen, Jimbo Fisher won a championship here, but he was the same damn way. His last year, he was like seven and six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Clemson will be seven or six, but crazier things have happened in the ACC. And we'll, you know, of course, be following all of the games, all of the bets. We will come back on Monday for GBU, which is good, bad, and ugly. We started a new series there for our Monday show. So make sure you check that out with Kids and Gibbons Locked on Wolfpack. Jersey Drake is getting ready to probably not go to New Orleans, but still he is going to be dialed in for that Seminoles game. So I look forward to hearing his thoughts next week about that. And we'll get ready for week two and all the things. Jersey Drake, remind people where they can find you, follow your work. You can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake as you see below. You can follow the podcast at Knowles Nines where we basically engage with our fans, get things for our shows, do our mail mandatory mail like Monday. And as always, folks, you can we are fans first, people second, content creators third. And uh Kenton, let me know what your uh, wig size is, because I'll definitely be shipping it. <laughs> Not, like I, I I understand you picking in the win the game, but 21 points? I don't like Michael Barbella here that much. But damn, man, come on. I I can't wait to win my $100, so I'll, I'll split it with you when, when he gives it to me. So we'll do that. Okay, that's fair. But, like, listen, listen, let me know. <laughs> Guys, color, dye. I can get you some matching earrings, too, if you want. I got you, bro. Listen, all you got to do is go to the beauty supply. I promise you, you can find a pink wig in, like, two seconds. And they can they have the nice. adjustable ones. Got one of my, I probably got one in my storage right now. I've heard you <laughs> I don't know if I want to know why. Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake, we hope you guys have a great and safe weekend. Make sure you're smart out there. And please come back on Tuesday or really Monday night as we go over some of these games. And we'll get ready for another great week of college football here at the ACC.